Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Hi and welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast. I'm Jenny and today I'm joined by my colleagues Leah and Charlie and we're going to be discussing digital body language. Uh, We'll be talking about what is it? What is digital body language? Why should you care about it? And how does it impact your work as a marketeer or not even as a marketeer, just in your general work life? And we've been doing a bit of work on the subject at ADPR. We've been doing a bit of reading around it and how it impacts us as an agency. Um, And we thought it would be interesting to share with you so you get to listen to our ramblings about it. How lucky you are. Um, If we we start with... um, Maybe a bit of a definition. So, Leah, what do we mean by digital body language? So, digital body language is the cues and signals we send in our digital communication that make up for the subtext of our messages. (laughs) Intriguing, (laughs) hey? So, yeah, I mean... This is a, a lot of this has come to the forefront because obviously since the pandemic, there's a, been a huge shift in people working remotely. We don't have those office environments the same as we once did. Um, and therefore, a lot more of our communication is digital rather than face to face. So I read a good stat that said apparently our nonverbal cues make up between 60 to 80 percent of our face to face conversations. So obviously now everything or the majority of our communications are digital. How do we how do we incorporate what we would usually have as body visuals and mm. into, into our digital communications? Um, and I also read that 70% of all team communication is now virtual. So that is a huge percentage of communication that is now virtual when so much of our conversations rely on our body cues. Mm. So we've had a really good look at, um, you know, how we can improve and be mindful of our digital body language so that we don't get misinterpreted basically and another fun stat for you that 50% of the time our tone is misinterpreted by digital communications which is quite scary because that means half the time (laughs) what you're saying is being completely taken in a different context by the person reading it so it's um yeah how many times have we read an email or a text or we're on a video call because I suppose when we're talking about virtual communications, where we're also talking about video calls. Yeah, it's not just the written word, absolutely. Yeah, and if you think about, well, 50% and how many times have we all sat and, th- and read an email or a text and thought, hmm, a bit short? Or, <laughs> or what have I done to upset them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, what have I done? They're really annoyed with me. Or they, ha- or you get annoyed with them because they haven't answered your question. Or yeah. You know, haven't answered you at all. So, and as you say, fifty percent of the time being misinterpreted is is a, a lot. It's, it's huge. It is huge. Um, and then again, I read another interesting bit of research. Apparently, this is a little bit old now, from two thousand and five, but on how people interpret sarcasm 
Um, and it said that 56% correctly detected sarcasm within the written email compared to 79% who heard those same words but spoken to them out loud in mm-hmm. person. And again, that shows the real distance there between you know face-to-face and virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's we need to really look at how we bridge that gap and how we bring our body language into our digital communication so people can understand us better. And that's obviously what we're here to do today. That's sarcasm. Have you ever, do you follow, um, what's it called? British, Pro- Great British Problems. Typical, what's it called? Yes. You had a book. Yes. And every, yes. I can't remember now the name of yeah, it. Yeah, it is, it is Great British Problems, but, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's something that, and I've, I remember seeing fairly recently, they had a list of, and it was so funny, as, as British people say these things without sounding sarcastic, <laughs> yes, or like I write them in the, an I email. I saw the same post. Without yeah. saying, and it's things like, well done. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, how wonderful for you. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> that are actually lovely phrases, but yeah, how how you can you say them as a British person without sounding sarcastic? Absolutely. And I, I think that applies to the digital. And it's, it's the same with like ending a message with a full stop. Like grammatically, that is correct. <laughs> but does it make you look really short because you're just ending with a full stop and you don't have that emoji or something at the end to kind of convey what you're really feeling? Some people will see that as, yeah, being a bit short when it's, it's grammatically correct. <laughs> There's nothing mm. wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, it comes across. Um, yeah, as you say, yeah. <laughs> a bit <laughs> full stop. <laughs> yeah, a bit short. And yeah. I suppose, and and I, following on from that, um, you know, I suppose, but both you, Charlie and Leah, what kind of challenges, if we think about the working life internally and externally, like what kind of ta- challenges can that bring? Well, loads, loads and loads, I think. <laughs> in a nutshell. In loads. a nutshell, loads. It's the official, <laughs> the official answer. Um, I mean, it's easier, obviously, when you already know somebody. And I think we can all agree with that, that when we know somebody, we know their tone. If they are short in their email, we know that's because that's how they are in real life. Um, or we know when somebody's over really friendly and they send us nice relaxed messages. Um, I guess the real challenge comes when it's somebody you're not very familiar with. Um, and it's trying to understand them through the language and that they're using. Um, and I think there's so many examples, isn't there, where things get lost in translation. Um, I think I, I read an example recently of how uh, one company was, they knew that an employee knew that they were having budget cuts and their manager sent them a just a meeting invite, but there was no subject. Um, and so obviously they spent the whole week worrying that because of these budget cuts, they were losing their job when actually the, the manager wanted to speak to them something about really positive or good um, mm. presentation or something that they've been working on. And I think that is a massive, um, you know, digital body language issue that it's being clear and concise I think we can get really caught up with being fast-paced when it comes to like digital communications it's all about getting it done really quickly replying really quickly but actually we need to be a lot more concise and clear Mm. about what we're trying to communicate you don't assume that people just gonna get it are just gonna understand so obviously if they just titled that calendar invite with you know to discuss this presentation it would have taken a whole week's worth of worry out of the the employee and that has a massive impact impact on their you know their way of working and mm. and such so, so much bigger picture stuff than just that kind of one incident <laughs> yeah and there was and there that sort of feeds into um 
a book that we've been looking at at ADPR and it's called Digital Body Language, forgotten the second part of the title of the book, but it's by an author. Um, Isn't it? Called... How to build trust and connection no matter the distance. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it's like it's written down in front of you, Leah. <laughs> like it is, isn't it? <laughs> well, you did a better job of that than I did, didn't you? Um, but uh, there's it's by uh, an expert called Erica uh, Dewan and she's got four key principles of digital body language and hers are so value valuing visibly communicate carefully collaborate competently and then that leads into when you have all of those nailed trust totally but that really feeds into Leah what you were saying about Mm. you need to be really explicit and really clear yeah and you know can it be always looking at your content and thinking can this be misinterpreted? Can someone yeah. take it the other way? And just and just making sure that you're being very explicit. Yeah. Um, I do know that sort of thing with a calendar invite fills me with fear. So whenever <laughs> I do the same for someone else, or I say, "Can we have a quick chat?" I always yeah. put something put like the context. In, I always yeah. put all good, nothing bad, <laughs> or you know, like I make sure that people aren't going to you know fear fear that I've got some bad news to break to them. It's just, I just need to have a quick chat about X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, really important. And actually, um, Charlie, we were talking a little bit before, weren't we, about emojis and the importance of emojis in in communication. And I know some people probably don't like emojis, but deal with we it. We do. <laughs> so interestingly, looking at the um, the emojis use, if you look at the last three years, so realistically post-pandemic, since we have been working from home, being told to sort of stay away from people, the use of emojis has gone up by 775% in <laughs> communications that are digital. Yeah. I and don't even just, find that surprising. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's also relevant for business use. Yeah. So it's not just that personal use of emojis has grown, it's actually in business communications as well. So we are trying to adapt to the fact that we realise that there is miscommunication going on in what we write versus what people see and feel mm. and you know sarcasm being one of those things mm. I'm ridiculously sarcastic but when it comes <laughs> a good, time to a good winking time, emoji always sticks that out <laughs> yeah completely completely or a gift yeah an old gift to show oh, that you are laughing Jenny you are our gift queen aren't you you I do love, love a gift <laughs> I would just communicate purely in gifts on teams to everyone as soon as someone puts something in I'm like this is the perfect gift for this situation um no and it, it's and I I remember being it must have been I'm going to say 10 years ago but probably more than that now actually probably probably more like 10 or 15 years ago and when there were people using smiley faces in work emails, I hated it. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, I hate, I hated it. And no. I was like, this is this is not a text message to your friends. <laughs> what are you? This is no. This is a professional environment. And how that's changed. But, and now, uh, oh, mine are peppered with emojis so that you can get the context of what I'm saying and it adds exactly that so when I'm saying I read a sentence I think god that sounds like I'm I'm you know unhappy with this situation actually I'm very happy a little put a little smiley face and then um and it's yeah but it was exactly um there is lots of research around that isn't it that actually it it does help to give 
context and it is good to embrace it always within reason. Yes. I mean, <laughs> everything we say is within reason. You know, don't write a whole email in emojis. Yeah, or... <laughs> it's not one of those games we have to guess like the film title yeah. from the emojis. <laughs> oh, I love those. That's not concise. I do love those. <laughs> and that would make for a very interesting day at work for somebody to write me an email like that, but not the best yes. use of our time. Yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's translating into marketing though as well. So when you look at the use of emojis into marketing, when people use an emoji in social media posts for business purposes, it can increase their um, cut through by 25%. Wow. So it, it is, we are starting to adapt to these non-verbal cues and try to create a visual mm. cue out of it. Yeah. And there's all sorts of other ways, isn't there? There's, um, and actually within the same book, it has some really good... Um, the author, she has some good sort of translations from body language into, let's say, traditional body language into digital body language. And it's really interesting, you know, so where before you're sort of nodding, smiling, your arms are open. There's, you know, how does that head of gestures as I'm doing it, <laughs> like doing it here? Um, and how does that translate digitally? And a lot of that is, you know, comes down to a little thumbs up on a text or an email which you can do an outlook now can't you you can do little reactions yeah, yeah. to emails rather than <laughs> a little fist bump yeah <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> but it's and one of the things I wasn't sure I agreed with in the book was um one of the translations from where in body language you might so you might see that something's urgent by the fact that someone's talking quicker they use you know they're tapping the table they're tap they're their energy's up and you're like, right, this is a really urgent thing. We need to pay attention. We need to work fast. And how that translates digitally is, I mean, they had suggested capital letters and exclamation points. I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't know. I don't, (laughs) yeah, I don't agree with that. But I think it's quite sort of aggressive. I think the overuse of capital letters and exclamation marks as well is, you have to be very... Yeah, Shouting, you have to be very yes. careful. Like yeah. I I tend to use capitalization when I love something. So yeah. I'll, you know, be like, wow, oh, I love this. And, you know, to sort of show my excitement in that way to put, you know, over teams, if someone's like, this has happened, I'll be like, this is brilliant, yeah. capital letters. But I wouldn't do that for uh, something that was urgent or if I was, um, you know, an annoyed I, I, yeah, I'm not sure what you yeah, both like think say, of that. It seems, it's, it seems like you're shouting. It's quite aggressive, I think, in that context. Mm. Um, yeah, it would certainly get my heckles up, I think, if I received an email, all in capitals, asking me to do something really quickly because it's urgent. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I don't I don't agree. I agree yeah. that I don't agree. I agree. <laughs> with that agreed. Book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there was, um, and it was, worth again from the same book but can can you tell that I liked the book but from the same <laughs> there was um a really good she talks about the sort of trust and power matrix so it's how because of course your language and your digital body language in the same way when you're physically um with someone it does change course, you know you do need to make it appropriate for the person you're communicating with and that does make a difference you know whether you're talking to a colleague or a client or a journalist 
And she uses this example of a trust and power matrix. So depending on where you are on the scale in terms of how much you trust each other and then what the power in that relationship is, sort of what parts of communication you should be prioritizing. So, you know, whether you should be prioritizing clarity, speed, you know, all of those things. And and what struck with me actually, and I thought, um, or maybe I'm a bit guilty of this, is people where I might have very high levels of trust and maybe I'm, I hate, you know, the more powerful one in the relationship, please. I'm doing air quotations everywhere and I don't believe I'm more powerful than anybody. But (laughs) I may be someone's manager or, you know, it is I can be so informal that maybe I'm like, oh, they get what I mean because yeah. they know me really well. So they'll know what I mean if I just put this really quick sentence. And actually, you know, there's, there is still miscommunication, even if somebody knows you really, really well. Mm. So I think personally for me, that was one of the areas where I was like, well, actually, I think I need to make sure I'm addressing that a little bit so that I'm not just pinging something off and thinking people get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another good thing that came out of the book was like the importance of proofreading. I think that ties in again with our mm-hmm. need to be really quick, need to respond straight away, get on it, do this, do that. Um, and a lot can be said for, you know, if you, if you've rushed it, there's lots of typos and you just hit send, you're giving the impression to the person that you just don't care. And you mm. probably do. It's just genuine mistakes. But the fact that you haven't taken the care over the response, it's little cues like that that can be then misinterpreted. It might be something you're really passionate about, but because there's so many mistakes, it makes it look rushed. Um, but it's that whole, if you take too long to respond, it gives that same sense that you just don't care. You're not bothered mm. enough to, to respond. So again, a quick fix to that is like, it could be that you're waiting for the information before you respond. So you are actually being really thoughtful and trying to do a really good job. But again, it's how it's being misinterpreted by the other person. Mm-hmm. So a quick holding email of I'm on it. I've seen your email. I'm just looking into it and I'll get back to you shortly can really change the dynamic between your conversation than just simply ignoring it, even though you might be working on it in the mm-hmm. background. So it's it's not just all about kind of the words that you're putting on the paper. It's all it's about your actions and how you're dealing with with all the communication as well. So it's um very interesting. Yeah, it's no, a different it's... thing though, isn't it? When we were in the office, yeah. you were all round a desk together. If a workload gets handed out to somebody, there is a kind of even a look as if to say, "Hi, I've got that." Yeah, which we now have to do over mm. an email. But it's yeah, make sure that it's not too short, and make sure that it's yeah, it's got yeah. enough detail in to say I recognise and I see you. But yeah, it's it's a very fine line. It, it is. is, and it's you know, and it's also it's as as you say, it's that kind of acknowledging a response, but equally not. <laughs> we're giving no answers to anybody. It's just like we know it's really hard, <laughs> but equally <laughs> not feeling because there's this also pressure on everyone, isn't it? That you have to be responding to everything so quickly on all these different channels that actually you can feel quite overwhelmed by the amount of digital communi- communications flying your way every single day um but as you say Lee it's a it's kind of just that acknowledgement I know um one of the one of the tips there's a whole 
part um, a section on digital ghosting. So whether you digital ghost people or you feel like you're digitally ghosted by people. And it's got a few tips, you know, in terms of if you can answer in less than 60 seconds, do, you know, just to, like you say, a quick, like, got it. Thank you. Or it's a, I haven't got time to look at this right now, but I will come back to you. That sort of thing, you know, that's just very quick. And then, but on the flip side, if it's not urgent, just make sure you're coming back to it later in the day. But as long as, you know, you're not entirely forgetting it, then it's fine. Um, but on the sort of slowing down as well, the, one of the phrases, um, again, in, in this one book um, that I really liked was reading carefully as the new listening, which yeah. I really liked because yeah. that is, you know, we all get taught, whether we abide by the fact that we should listen more and talk less, but we are all <laughs> taught that you should listen more and talk less, she says, carrying on talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did like that because it is very frustrating if you feel like somebody hasn't read carefully. Yes. What you've what you've put, and they only answer one question in your email when actually you've got three questions in there, and they only come back to you on one and ignore the other two. It's quite frustrating, and that does make you feel like you're not being listened to. Mm. Which I did would... see a really good example actually of a company who almost used like abbreviations with their communications. It was almost like mm. having their own language, I suppose. But certainly internally, when they're writing emails to each other, they would have literally the top line of what I need from you, and just put in a bullet here's what I need from you and then go on to kind of oh, go nice. into that more detail mm. so that if you need three questions answering they're all there in that top bit and then the rest of the email goes on to put the context around it which is quite nice when we are looking at things so quickly mm. is to um so you can see exactly what kind of required of you and they put a deadline on there of when they need it or they'd even put an abbreviation at the the bottom to say no need to respond so that it's kind yeah. of like this is the info no need to respond we're all clear we're not kind of flying emails around everywhere when yeah. it's needed um but in order to do that you all have to make sure that kind of the whole team is on the same page mm. using those exact the same definitions if you like um but yeah I just thought that was a quite an interesting mm. way of doing it and it is interesting and it is only really taking what we do quite a lot as you know as a PR agency for example if we're talking to a journalist or we're emailing a journalist keen for often or it's like a broadcast cue sheet you have this bullet points yeah. that here are the key here are the key points doop, 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 yeah. right at the top <laughs> so before you even give all the detail in the body of yeah. something you've got those three key messages at the top that above everything you want them to take away so it's very similar to that very similar. yeah That's absolutely just internally like these are the three things yeah <laughs> doop, doop, doop. Boom, yeah done. I like that yeah, it's like, as you say, you kind of need everyone on board. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, all these abbreviations. What does this mean? What, what am I doing? Why does yeah. email look like that? Well, and that, and that is a key point. No, no matter it, it, it's all about finding what works for you as an organisation or an agency or whatever it is that that you find a system and a way of working, and those expectations are set out very clearly. So, you know, if you know which channels you should be using and when and what kind of response times you're expecting from each other, then, you know, you can set your own. There doesn't have to be a hard and fast rule, but as long as you're all on the same page, 
Yeah, I mean, we did it personally, didn't we? With, with kind of, especially now we all use Teams so much and it's what communications do we put on Teams versus what do we still email to each other? Um, but that was something we had to get on board with as a whole team. Mm. So, and I, I know certainly for us, it was kind of more informal communications or info should go on Teams. But if you're asking somebody to do something, you're sending a document to be proofed, it should go through email because a lot of people are using their emails as their kind of to-do lists as well. So, mm you know there are so many channels open to us now that it then does have the flip of it things can get lost if you don't yeah. if you're not all kind of following that the process that works for you so yeah yeah <laughs> and 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 another for me a good takeaway from um the same book was to always assume the best intent so yes. it was always, you know, never assume because somebody's not come back to you that they're ignoring you, that or never assume that when somebody puts puts themselves on mute on a video call that actually they're doing it so they can multitask and yeah. do something else and not listen to you. It's kind of always assuming best intent, and you know, people have other things on their plates, and it also, you know, it just helps with transparency as well and making sure that again that you're really clear with each other that actually I know you've got lots on your plate how can we work together to make this you know to make this work or to get this job done and yeah I just I felt that was one that really sat with me because I think a lot of the time as soon as either you don't get a response from someone or you get a short response from Mm -hmm. someone is to immediately assume the worst. I think it's slightly inbuilt into us as well as (laughs) human beings, isn't it? To immediately assume the worst, whereas actually always assume best intent. I thought that was a a good takeaway from it. And again, with the whole, if you think their tone's quite short, we shouldn't jump to the conclusion that they're annoyed or that we've upset them that could just be their tone. So, um, yeah, like I say, take it with the best intent. Oh, that's just how they communicate. That's fine. Um, unless proven otherwise. <laughs> years ago, years ago when I did sales roles, quite often, um, if you go through a sales training course back in the days when we were on the phone constantly, that so many training courses used to say that before you pick up the phone, you need to understand that you don't know the day that the person's going through on the other end yeah. of the phone, mm-hmm. which back then, obviously, we had the audio cues, whereas now we're talking about the written digital cues. But ultimately, you could pick up the phone to somebody who wouldn't be very kind to you, but then you phone them the next time, they'd be absolutely lovely. And it was because you picked up the phone to them right while they're in the middle of mm. a heavy task. And I think we do that digitally too, of we're engrossed in a task, but we want to tag that we have recognised this. And in that moment of speed, you can sometimes send out something that might be perceived as being passive aggressive on the other side. Mm. But it's an actual fact. It's just a tag. If I see you, I've heard it. So yeah. Yeah, a little emoji goes on the end of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Makes everything all right. <laughs> the answer to everything, a little emoji. Got it. I'm, happy, face. I'm just busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it really, yeah, it really works, I think. But it is, and it is, um, it is difficult as well. And it is something I think we were all aware of before. But as we say, it's another one of the many, many things that going through a pandemic has changed and you know, we all know that more people work remotely or have that hybrid work environment, which which works for many, many reasons. But it does mean we've all had to 
adapt. And of course, it does have a massive impact on relationships, doesn't it? You know, a key part of what we do mm. is, is relationships with, with clients, with journalists, with being you know, in public, and it doesn't take much to uh say the wrong thing that can be misinterpreted. And it's the same, it's the same, you know, we're talking a lot here about how we communicate with each other over email and video calls, but it's the same when you're creating content for your social media channels. Mm. It's making sure that, you know, can is this going to read really sarcastically? <laughs> like is it going to yeah. translate well into other cultures? Is it, you know, what do we need to add emojis in? Do we not? Do we, you know, what time do we take? Who are we speaking to? So it all, you know, it's all we've been doing it for ever for for that sort of content anyway. But it's yeah, it's the same principle, isn't it, really? And I don't think there's any like hard and fast rules, is there? It's just being mindful of it. Mm. Um and just really taking the time to think through what it is that you're putting into written word or how you're behaving over a video call um it would be lovely to have a big tick list of you need to do this this and this but I think as we've just kind of talked about throughout there there isn't a hard and fast rule it's just having that mindfulness to to think how it might be perceived by the Mm -hmm. other person and there's a good if anybody is interested and there is um, as part of this um there's a toolkit you can find online and it is the digital body language toolkit and it's um based around again these four principles that i mentioned earlier that's the valuing visibly communicating carefully collaborating competently trusting totally and you can it's a really quick um i don't want to call it a quiz it's a quiz it's like (laughs) a little (laughs) self-assessment um but it's it's very quick sort of four questions around each of those areas and you can kind of answer those questions and have a look between you and your colleagues about how you sit and if you're aligned and um, whether you you are abiding by those four principles and, you know, how you might be able to make improvements there. And it's just, it's just quite an interesting, very quick thing that you can do, um, which just means, you know, if you don't feel that you're all aligned, you can think actually, you know, are we not valuing visibly? So a lot of valuing visibly is... Um, you know, making sure that you're valuing people's time, you know, saying good. I know for us, we have a little channel, don't we, in Teams that is our proud of channel, which we throw in there to, you know, give kudos to team members when something really amazing has happened or they've landed a great piece of coverage or there's been some amazing client feedback. We pop it in there so we kind of, everybody can see that, that, um, what am I trying? Congratulations isn't the right word. What am I trying to say? Praise, praise. Yeah, again, sounds like I'm kudos, talking about. Kudos was good. Yeah, kudos was a decent enough word, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but that's all the part of valuing visibly. Um, but there's a really good assessment that you can do that's free online that you can download. Yeah, stick your details in, and it'll and it'll give you those. But we can link to that. Um, with the podcast but um and probably a link to the book as well because it is well worth mm. a read um anything else anything any other top tips um I guess we haven't really touched much so much on the kind of video calls mm-hmm. um and I you know again I think the problem we have with the video with video calling is it is a platform where extroverts will probably take over 
And I know we all <laughs> feel awkward. And I don't think there's any getting away from the fact that video calls, calls are awkward. So just try and jump in. You always get that slight delay. You start talking, somebody else is talking. Um, but again, there were some, a few good tips on, I think most channels now do have like a little raise your hand button or they yeah. said to always have a moderator for your call. So they do kind of have somebody in control who can kind of pass the mic, if you like, to to to, to different people rather than all sort of trying to jump in. Um, but it was also kind of in, in advance of video calls. Introverts, again, like to think about what they want to say or they like to prepare. So sending out agendas beforehand or questions to think about before just jumping on a call it will be kind of welcomed by that sort of sort of person um and obviously extroverts like their airtime <laughs> set the scene where they can have that as well it's it's kind of yeah I think you need that moderator to really manage um mm. the call so otherwise you know if the, the extroverts jump in and, and say their piece you probably won't hear from the introverts you might have a different opinion and then you're you're missing out on a lot of yeah a lot, which in a face-to-face meeting they might be more inclined to jump in where you don't have that silly delay and it is just more natural and more Mm -hmm. comfortable um so yeah so it is important that kind of digital body language isn't just with what you're writing it's how you're kind of behaving and how you're preparing for, Mm -hmm. for video calls and things like that as well um and also just to to kind of bear in mind that you'll have i don't like to split it by generations but perhaps a generation of people who thrive with technology and they've grown up you know they've grown up with emojis and all shorthand mm. kind of variations and they're quite comfortable with that and then you'll have the more digital adapters who would still prefer to pick up the phone and that shouldn't be ignored you know yeah. if, if it works better to pick up the phone and just have a chat that shouldn't be forgotten which I, I think I think it very much is these days I'm sure we did a podcast episode about the fear of using the phone didn't we or I think we did tied in with something. That, I think it did I think it tied in with desk bombing that's and the it one. was yes. yeah and it was yeah around the fear of the fear of the phone fear of picking up the phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and and I know for us as a team we were talking about as well because we were it's that not multitasking while you're on a video call and you're in meetings but we were saying actually it's being clear from the beginning that you're not multitasking because obviously quite a lot of the time we're either writing or typing up notes yeah so it's sort of making sure that people on the call know that right, I am typing but I'm typing notes I'm not writing an email yeah. I'm not listening <laughs> to what you're saying um because that is what it can look like but it's you know it's again it's sort of setting those expectations isn't it because yeah um so that people feel like they're listened to also in an environment where you're dual screening because your camera might be on one screen and you're looking at another but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not actually looking at the person you're looking at them it's just your camera's in a different place (laughs) yeah but that can be misinterpreted because it looks like you're looking elsewhere if you're trying to make eye contact with the person yeah yeah and I do that I do work off two screens so often I'll I'll be sort of looking over at some notes or something that's re- relevant to the call or you know doing a podcast where you're looking over <laughs> at your notes and, <laughs> and and yeah it can look like you're not paying attention where actually you are but as long as everybody knows that again yeah. it's it's um you know setting those expectations and 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 actually on the calls one of the other um one of the other around the digital ghosting side of things was sort of knowing when to change the channel so if you're finding that actually you're not 
you're not able to reach someone and you've, you've sent them a couple of emails, you know, sent, you've emailed them, you followed up, not really hearing anything is right. That's when you sort of switch channels and say, do you know what, can we have a call just to get this nailed down and to have a bit of a chat? So it was knowing when to switch those channels to get what you need because nobody also likes being a nag either. There's nobody <laughs> wants to be the person that's like, oh no, I have to send another follow-up. <laughs> Interestingly, though, people have changed their channels a little bit through sort of post-pandemic as we've become more home-based. You know, a lot of people move from being available on a landline to having a mobile number at home. Mm. So actually, in some ways, if you want to meet somebody new, you might go to LinkedIn to find them, which is, again, is this another sort of digital interaction that maybe Mm. four years ago wouldn't have been our natural point of reaching out as a channel it was more about look I'm connected with you but not necessarily about engaging a conversation for the first time we have we've had to really adapt haven't we yeah and that a slight tangent but in and that has really changed we've noticed sort of reaching if you need to reach out to new journalists or you're doing so it's quite different where they'd all be sitting in a publishing house previously and you'd go through a switchboard and you'd be like you know can you put me through to so-and-so or you'd have a direct dial number for them and actually unless you've already had a mobile number for them and they're now working at home you do you know you've lost you have lost one of those channels to get hold of people quickly they probably love that (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) but um no it has it has changed a lot and that and then it comes oh I'm going on even more of a tangent sorry we we do other episodes on this but then again it's why it's so important (laughs) that your digital comms are so on point you know it's why your email needs Mm. to really hit well so you've got a good subject line that's really clear you've got those clear bullet points that say right this is what I want to talk to you about this is the story you know let's have a chat and it is so important to have that clear communication because you don't always have the same access to people over the phone as you used to. Um, but I'm sure we've done another episode on that somewhere, haven't we, Leah? Probably. Oh, I'm sure we have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend going to take a look at this um, book. We will link to it because it has it does break it down into really good, those sort of four principles, and it's got really good top tips all around yeah, how to use punctuation how to use emojis how to translate from traditional body language over to to digital body language and it's well it's well worth having a look and then seeing how it applies to you but maybe to summarize it's slow down take it take your <laughs> take, time take care read read carefully so people feel like they're being listened to construct your comms carefully make sure you reread it and check that there is it's not going to be misconstrued um and and yeah the always assume best intent I do like that one so I think that is a positive vibes everyone always assume best intent I think that probably wraps wraps it up from us for again this week. Like we said, we'll, we'll link to a few of the things we've talked about here. If you do want to reach out to us about this subject or about any others, please do. You can reach us um, via our website. We've all got our individual emails and telephone numbers 
We do have direct telephone numbers on there. You can reach us via that. Um, or you can email hello at adpr.co.uk. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's anything you want to cover. And we'll see you next time. Bye.